0: A reading from the Gospel of Luke. When he had come near Bethpage in Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he had told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked him, why are you untying the colt? They said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus. And after throwing their cloaks on the colt, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord peace in heaven, and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. As he came near and saw the city, He wept over it, saying, If even you had recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground and your children within you and they will not leave within you one stone upon the other because you did not recognize at the time of your visitation from God. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Did you ever hear A trendy word or phrase that initially seemed foreign and out of place, but suddenly became part of a new, cool vernacular. And then suddenly, you hear it everywhere. I have a few. Deep dive. Circle back. Move the needle. And today's word Disruption, industries, trends are disruptive. Palm Sunday is disruptive. Make no mistake, Palm Sunday is timeless, not trendy. But Palm Sunday is disruptive in every sense of the word. The norms of the Roman Empire said that to be important, You had to be powerful, political, and wealthy. Jesus was none of these. When he approaches the city gates of Jerusalem, he is greeted like a conquering hero riding a snorting stallion. Yet he comes to them on the back of a borrowed donkey. People are laying down their palm branches for Jesus, putting down their cloaks and shouting, Hosanna! which literally means, save us. They were thinking that through Jesus, they had finally overcome, yet they were about to have their hearts broken at Jesus' trial and crucifixion, despite all the glory, laud, and honor they were giving him as he approached the city gates. The disciples who accompany Jesus on this journey will betray him, And many others in the crowd who hailed him as king will order him killed once he is inside the city gates. Talk about disruption. As I mentioned, Hosanna literally means save us. And the people were looking for Jesus to do just that. They had the image of Jesus healing in the countryside, preaching a gospel of love and forgiveness and coming into Jerusalem to observe the Passover, a holiday that was celebrated as an ordinance, a holiday that exalted the freedom of the Hebrew people from enslavement, even as they lived under the occupation of the Roman Empire. Yet peace and freedom remain elusive. Both the Roman authorities, who were the legal authorities, And the Pharisees, who were the religious authorities, were troubled by this crowd-waving palms and the scene at the start of the Passover festival. The scene is indeed surreal, a great introduction that will permeate the story of the Passion and all the disappointment and grief that will ensue. Jesus had offered them peace, and it wasn't taken People are fickle and the city is huge. And Jesus weeps for Jerusalem. Incidentally, Jerusalem means city of peace. Salem is peace. And here are those poignant and profound moments where the fully divine Jesus also shows us what it means to be fully human. And it's just the start of the week. Talk about disruption. Jesus feels such an internal disruption that he weeps. And we witness it. Weeping is the most profound reflection of what it means to be fully human. Tears trigger social bonding and human connection. It starts when we're babies. Babies cry, and we connect with them. Crying signals that there's some immediate concern beyond our ability to cope. It's authentic, and it's an internal emotional disruption. And this moment with Jesus, and when we cry, erupts with more than we can hold, and we simply weep. Where have you wept? Where have you wept alone overlooking some scene in your life? I'm not a naturally weepy person, so I can really recall some of those moments when my tears and emotions have just overflowed. Many of them were at times like the Passion Week, times when I thought I had it all, but they were the first big breakup from the first big love. The dream job I thought I had until the offer never came. The dream job that I had that represented everything I would worked for, but was a completely miserable work environment and a terrible fit for me. The utter loneliness and despair following a cross-country move. And the simple highs and lows of being a wife, a mother, a sister, a daughter, and a co-worker. Those tears, especially the ones cried alone, were the hardest and the ones that really cracked me open. And as a self-professed introvert and an emotionally private person, it was those tears and the despair behind them when they were met by others, that I found hope. And I found love. And I found connection to suffering everywhere. But most of all, I felt love. And as our community recovers and moves forward with immense tragedy and heartache in it, it was the hope of a thousand people gathered in a church and the love that could be felt that was the saving moment at a terrible time. And as the reading this morning leaves us with Jesus weeping over a city, I find that love again too. Jesus reveals his complete humanity And love as he turns and enters Jerusalem for the last time to suffer loneliness, betrayal, false accusations, physical torture, and bodily death. Yet amidst all this, he gives a new commandment to love, to love one another as I have loved you. And that love is disruptive. Love emerges when loss and grief and despair meet hope. Love is buried in our collective lament. And it is in that love and that hope that resurrection is possible and new life grows. And so as we watch Jesus weeping over Jerusalem, we begin Holy Week. For many centuries, Christians have reenacted these days following from Jesus' triumphal entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday through his final teachings to the Passover meal that became his last supper to his prayers alone in the garden to his betrayal, arrest, trial to the way of the cross and execution. No matter which account of the gospel you read, The the events of Holy Week are theologically and spiritually rich and encompass almost every emotion a human can experience. I'd love to read at least one of them here today, but we could be here for hours, so I won't. I encourage you to read whichever account you can this week and to meditate on the events and all of their detail, because some of the richest parts of the Christian story happen in between The Hosannas of Palm Sunday, and the Hallelujah of Easter morning. The story is about Jesus, but the story is about us too. So, where are you in the story? Are you in the crowd waving palms? Are you acting the part of disciples, bringing a donkey, or sitting at a table of the last meal? Can you see Jesus weeping alone as he looks over Jerusalem? Are you yelling for Pilate to free the criminal Barabbas instead of innocent Jesus? Are you fleeing from your friend in a moment of need? Are you standing with his mother at the base of the cross watching a child die? Over the years, I've imagined myself as all of these actors watching these holy events unfold Confused and sad and doubting and angry, but this passion, this suffering, there's no worse story, there's no more horrifying tale. And while it happened to Jesus, we are at the heart of the story, as observers and as humans. We aren't just observers watching a divine drama, or a guilty by or guilty bystanders somehow complicit in the sacred crime. We are humans reacting to the humanity in a story because it is our story. How often have we come into a situation or a relationship as a triumphal entry, a move, a job, a marriage, a political success, a professional accomplishment, an athletic victory, with a parade of joy, congratulations, boys, the feeling that we achieved everything we ever dreamed and were hailed by friends and family and colleagues and everyone. Everyone's on our side. Nothing could go wrong. We're finally rewarded for our hard work or character or wisdom or insight or luck or persistence. Until it isn't. Life is full of such parades, from graduations to wedding marches, to climbing career ladders, or the ranks of whatever hierarchy we place ourselves in. Where have our victories been a prelude to misunderstanding, jealousy, gossip, and betrayal? When have friends turned their backs, sold you down a river by those who honestly think they're doing you a favor? Sometimes the betrayals are small, but other times they're great. Some hurt only a little. Others last for years. We've all known that power of waving palms until a sting of a crowd turns against us. We all have those moments in agonizing prayer in our own private gardens. We've all hung in shame, physically naked, emotionally naked, and alone. Holy Week is Jesus's passion. The word passion literally means suffering. And compassion, co-passion, means to suffer with. And this week we have compassion with Jesus and he has it with us. It is a microcosm of humankind's passion. Our hearts are ripped in two over the intensity of justice and global wars and tragedy in our own community. Our passions are our humanity. At their most tender and most explosive, and where we are most valued and most vulnerable. Passion, suffering is our experience, and it's part of being human. It's holy, no one escapes it. Not us, not Jesus. When we truly understand and have compassion in the last weeks of Jesus' life, something becomes quite obvious. Holy Week is the deepest, darkest parts of the human story. And Jesus lives it and suffers it, and so do we. When we remember our own passions, the the story suddenly reverses. Not only only do we travel the sacred way with Jesus, Jesus travels it with us. There he is, walking the same humiliating and shame-filled road Enduring the brokenness of betrayal, abandoned by those he thought were his friends. But when disruption enters end, that's when new life begins. The ancient wisdom of the Christian story is that at the end or even the darkest parts of life, new life awaits. Passion, suffering happens all the time. But so so does resurrections. The late Rachel Held Evans wrote, Holy Week wasn't perfect for Jesus' disciples. They betrayed, they ran away, they lied, they despaired, and they doubted. Holy Week wasn't perfect for Jesus. He wept. He despaired. He wondered if there was another way. He experiences such agony that he turns to Psalm 22. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Maybe Holy Week isn't about perfection maintained, but about imperfection. An execution device is transformed into a symbol of pardon. Denials are transformed into declarations of love. And a tomb is transformed into the birthplace of hope. During this Holy Week, I invite you to embrace spiritual disruption Change your encounter with the events of Holy Week into a new question. Instead of thinking, where am I in Jesus' story? Ask yourself, where is Jesus in my story? It has been said that the stories of Holy Week are prisms that reflect, refract our own suffering and our identification with overwhelming suffering in a wider world. If you ever wonder if Jesus knows what it is to suffer to know your suffering, to be betrayed, to be lonely, to doubt and to be heartbroken, this is the week you get your answer. And if you question whether Jesus can be near you when you are grieving or when you are hurting, this is the week you get your answer. It's about passion and compassion. We suffer with Jesus and Jesus suffers with us. Tears in his eyes Remembering his own dark days, his own lost hope, and entering into passion. We must remember how sad this week was to fully understand the power of his resurrection. Because he will be the first to celebrate when we experience ours. May it be so.